0: very slowly, very strategically, and even very selectively. Well, if that's you, my friend, I've got you covered. I want you to go to the show notes and use a link there to check out my Selective Outage Method digital course. I think you're going to be surprised, and I believe it'll help you as you plan your coming out. All right, let's get on with the podcast. Hello, and welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm Keith Brown the Bisexual Specialist. And my main mission in life is to help my bisexual family create the life they desire and deserve and construct authentic and affirming faith if they want. But listen, this podcast is for the entire queer community. So you are welcome here, my friend, I promise. On Mondays, it's BiTalks, where I answer questions and talk about all things related to bisexuality. On Wednesdays, it's Table Talks. This is where I either do a solo episode or invite wonderful guests into the podcast to talk about all things related to the queer community, especially as it deals with Christianity. And then on Fridays, it's Bible Talks, where it's just me sharing some devotion and application from scripture. So, I invite you to grab that coffee, have a seat at my table, and let's chat on this episode Of coffee with Keith. Hello, my friend. Welcome to this edition of Coffee with Keith. This is a Table Talks edition. It's going to be a solo edition, and today I just want to talk about specifically the clobber verses. And I want to go a little bit different way because I know for a lot of you that are part of the queer community, whatever way that is for you, you've and you've been raised in the church, uh, especially the conservative evangelical church you are most likely very familiar with the Clobber Versus. So um, I know that, you know that, a lot of people know that. But I do want to touch on it just a little bit today because I want to share with you a little bit about it from a slightly different perspective, if I may. Okay, so I'm going to tell you that up front and hopefully you will enjoy this episode as we talk about the Clobber Versus. I'd also want to remind you that we got some exciting things coming up uh, in 2023 that I'm going to be working with all types of folks. Hopefully you've had a chance to go to my website, jkeithbrown.com, and look at some of the things we have going on. I also wanted to mention, if you're not a part of my free Facebook group, please do join. Um, It's a fairly new group. It's not a large group yet, but I I want you to be part of it if you have an interest. It is um, primarily focused on bisexuals. However, I do have plenty of people there that uh, categorize themselves or label themselves by other identities, and you are welcome no matter what your identity is. So there's a show. Uh, there's a link in the show notes, so be sure to check that out and come join us in that group. I'd love to have you. All right, so let's talk about the clobber verses. You know what they are. You probably the six verses, and you might expect me to sit here and go through all the specifics and the grammar and the Hebrew and the Greek and all this kind of stuff. And truthfully, I can, or I could, but I'm not going to. Look, I have spent over a long time, I have many years of advanced education in biblical studies and theology and apologetics, and I have spent many, many years diving deep into these texts. I have done the verb analysis, and I have done the grammar structure analysis, and I have done the social and canonical context analysis, and I've even done textual criticism, where I've gone back and looked at the copies of these texts, the the best copies we have, and comparatively speaking, which one do I think, or, or even what more experts than I am think, is the most reliable text for this particular section. So, I've done all that work. So just to say I've invested my heart and time into that, I promise you I have. Um, so, uh, so having said that, I often find myself, although capable of debating people about these issues, you will most often not find me doing that, not to any real degree. Now, again, I have, and it's very selective, um, and it's got to be done in the right, um, in the right heart, in the right way. But what I want to tell you today is something else that, that I feel and have lived and experienced in these many years of doing my work. Most people that call themselves Christians and most people that come to a relationship with God and specifically through Jesus do, thro- do so through an experience. They do throw, do so through a movement that they have. Many people say it was the movement of the Holy Spirit who drew me unto God. So there's often a very emotional sometimes, but it's often a very experiential moment, at least, or even a process that brought people to Jesus. Yes, there is some catechism classes and a lot of mainline traditions and that is where people are taught about the, the faith. they're taught some general theology, some church polity, whatever and that certainly helps them understand. But even at the end of that, a person typically has to come to their own realization that they are a follower and they are a believer, right So it, it even though there is some of this educational process and I think that's valid, most often people are touched by the connection that they feel with God. They feel something. And so it's interesting to me that in our lives, we often come to God, come to Christ, come through Jesus, if you will, through experience, through emotion sometimes, through feelings. But then when we're trying to validate queer identity within the Christian faith we try to always go back to the logical explanation of biblical text I get that, I think there's a place for that, I think it's important work, and like I said I've done it myself and I have shared this information in teaching and other things along the way I believe that's important work but here's my point. For most people who are queer and in the in in faith, for a lot of those people, they themselves have not done the liturgical no the the um, the study that I am talking about here. So this is what I often see. Okay, and this is this is just from my experience and my work and and everything and and a lot of years walking this planet. I see there's a lot of b-sided Christians. These are just for definition, for understanding. B-side are people who may express love or you know whatever or welcoming to you into their church or into their circle of faith, but in truth they do not accept your identity and they basically believe that is sinful and they pray for your conversion and they pray for your change whatever the case may be. We call that b-sided theology or b sided Christianity a-sided on the opposite would be people who not only accept your identity they ex- they celebrate your identity within the greater church within the greater faith so you've got both of those groups right and we're familiar very familiar with both but here's what I here's what I often notice the Christ, the, the queer community when they are dealing with these clobber verses they will hear, and you know this is true if you are queer and Christian, whatever capacity, whether it's bisexual, gay, lesbian, trans, whatever the case may be, you have heard people use these verses against you, and they have told you that your, your, your identity is an abomination. And where do they get that? Well, most often they get it from the pulpit, or they get it from their mom and dad, who got it from their aunt and uncle, who got it from Uncle Bob, who was a pastor at the local Baptist church. And then if you're a queer Christian, you get angry because you're going like, these people have no idea. They, they are just you know expressing what they have been fed. They're just regurgitating this, this stuff that they have been taught. And I respond to that by saying, you're right. You are absolutely 100% right. That is what they're most often doing. And for most of them, they're doing it Because that's truly what they believe because that's what they've been told and that's what they carry with them. That's what they hold to be truth. And again, let me just stop here for a moment and tell you that I want you to hear my heart here. If you know anything about me and you have followed me or you listen to this podcast, you have to know that I am a person who is of deep love. I love people, I compare I have compassion on people. I have a lot of patience with well, not always, but I have I try to have patience with people even who disagree with me. So let me just say that really quickly in here so you'll understand hopefully my heart and all this. Alright, so we, we have the, the B sided people that attack queer community and they throw the clobber verses. But this is the flip side that I want to get to. What I often hear is are the A-side Christians, the queer Christians often, who are throwing back the opposite. They are using the bullets that they have heard from the queer Christian community along the way to cast back and to defend who they are. So what I'm trying to say, and maybe you can see where I'm going here is, we have two sides of a coin here, or two enemies often going at each other. And one is coming from their knowledge based on what they have been taught. And the other is coming from their knowledge and based on what they have been taught. Okay. Now I will personally tell you that I agree with the A side. I believe that the you know that the scriptures do support a person's right to and and, and ability and correctness of identifying the way that they truly were made by God. Okay, so just get that out there. That's that's my belief. That's that's what I truly hold dear. And that's done with a lot of study. But my point is this. What I often see is when it comes to these clobber verses, you have people that are simply stating and restating the things that they have heard over and over again from whatever camp they are currently part of. And what I often see is that most of the time there is no shifting of idea or thought that takes place. There is no understanding. There is no ex- no even acceptance of you know. There's not even a degree of we can agree to disagree. I mean, a lot of times I don't even see that. And I know for most of us that's not good enough. I get that. But I just want to. I, I'm saying all this, and and I, and I and I and I'm just speaking from the heart today. I don't have really any outline or anything. I, and and this could get me in trouble with you guys, but. I'm just speaking from my heart because this is what I want to get across and this is what I, I tell some of my clients over the years. Yes, I can help you dive deeper into the verses if this is what you need to do if this is if this is something that's important to you and I believe that those verses and here's the honest truth folks, there are great minds, great theological, biblically trained hermeneutical experts who have been trained in the biblical languages on both sides of this issue. So what does that say? It says, and this is what I have found in my study, that although we can certainly make the point and the idea that our belief is right I believe that there is always the idea that neither side with 100% authority can say that they can biblically prove their point to that degree now you're probably going to hate me for saying that and I'm sorry I, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings here but I I'm going to tell you. I have known some of the greatest minds on both sides of this issue. They are both well-trained. They are both spent hours and hours and years pouring into this. I hope that people will begin to understand that people within the queer community were made by God and they want to be loved and and they have to believe and hold to the fact that God loves them because he made them the way they are. But to absolutely prove it through scriptural debate is probably not going to win you over and not going to win them over to you. So, with that in mind, (laughs) if you're still listening, I want to suggest that if you're a part of the queer community and you struggle with this idea of condemnation and the shame of feeling this way as a queer Christian and the 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 the, the, the ugliness which is real that has been cast upon you, unjustly and unlovingly cast upon you, I might add. If you're dealing with this, then I want to move you This is my whole purpose. I want to move you today just a little bit beyond getting tied up in the repetitive bullet points of this biblical debate. I want to push you to a more theological perspective. Remember what I said early on. We most often came to Christ. We most often connected with God through an experience, through God speaking to us and in us. And our hearts desire to connect with God. So perhaps one of the things we need to do is bring that same passion, that same feeling, that same emotion to our healing when it comes to the accepting of our identity within the Christian faith. So may I ask you these questions? Number one, what is your true view of God? that's where it starts what do you believe about God what type of God is he what type of God made you and what type of God do you choose to serve what type of God is worthy of your following and your dedication number two you have to ask yourself if all scripture is literal and applicable and for most of us we would say, no. First of all, there is never a guarantee. Again, I've done textual criticism. I know about multiple copies. And although there are most similarities, there are always slight differences, typically, in them. Human hands penned these copies. And that's the best we got, folks. So there's always the possibility of human error. Number three. Does your value come from your relationship with God or the book? Now, I believe the book fuels that. I believe the book helps in that. I believe the book encourages in that. But I believe that our true value comes from the connection that we experience and we feel with God. Most Christians were not logically convicted. Some were. Some were logically convinced that there is a God and that that God deserves their faith. But for most, again, it was an emotional and experience a heart's desire. So let me ask you one last question today. What does your heart tell you, really? Have you been spending all your time and energy trying to pour over the clobber verses to convince yourself and convince others because somehow you've thought that if you convince others it somehow validates your own opinion your own belief have you spent all your time and energy and your healing doing that rather than simply connecting with God loving God and allowing God to love you and one more thing that I want to add if I may The most likely way you'll ever change another person's opinion about you being able to be a queer and a Christian is through your love for God and your love for others. Because when people witness those things, they see the power of God in action and that is confirmation okay I hope (laughs) I pray that you have received this in the spirit that it was intended I promise you it is done with love it is done with compassion it is done with my heart's desire for you to heal for you to move on for you to, to grow in your acceptance of self, and your value before your God. If I can help you, or if you want to talk to me, or you want my help, please do reach out. I am here for you. Always appreciate your follows. Always appreciate your connections. And I just love and value every one of you. Until next time, heal your hurts, move your mountains, and may God truly bless you. Bye-bye, my friends. Well, there you go, my friend, this episode of Coffee with Keith. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. Now, please stick around. One more announcement I want to give you. God bless you. See you next time.